Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Pharrell has taken over. Let's go. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. Steaks, chicks, stacks. You and I are going to make a lot of money. It's Pharrell. Coast to coast. All right, uh, hour two of Coast to Coast, Pharrell with you in New York City. And we go to the MGM National Harbor down in uh, Baltimore and see our good friend, the mad scientist. you got to be kidding me. Warren Sharp is back on Coast to Coast. This is fantastic. Warren, it's great to see you. I know we're ready for another gigantic season in the NFL. Uh, it's always awesome to have you on the show. Why don't we start off by talking about the NFC South, and we'll do the first tab with the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, Scott, thanks for having me back. Obviously love being out here at MGM, live on site, broadcasting straight from the book. I'm going to be doing this every single Thursday with you guys this same hour, so make sure that it's on your calendar. You're tuning in on Thursdays here at SportsGrid. Really looking forward to it. The Atlanta Falcons is a team I'm looking forward to watching in 2023 because I think this team can absolutely overachieve and exceed a lot of people's expectations. Um, Look, this team had major problems last year. Number one, they had $84 million in dead cap. That forced them to pay players on other people's rosters and pay less to the players that were going to be playing for them. As a result, they had to go out and start quarterback like Marcus Mariota the vast majority of the season. Mariota was terrible. The least accurate quarterback in the NFL, no matter what level he was throwing to, he was not good. Incoming quarterback now, Desmond Ritter, cannot be any worse than Marcus Mariota. He simply, it's simply impossible for him to be worse. But this team now has done some things in the offseason, Scott, that I think are going to help them tremendously. Number one, they've gone out there and spent a lot more on the defensive side of the ball. This defense was second worst in overall efficiency last season. They're going to get better performance out of the defense. And offensively, I think they're going to be more explosive because they're going to be able to hit on some of those deeper plays because they're going to have better accuracy from Desmond Ritter. They also drafted Bijan Robinson. He's going to add some explosive elements to this team as well. And this team was very close in a lot of games last year, Scott. 15 of their 17 games were decided by one score or they won. So this team was in and very competitive in the vast majority of their games. They did not have a lot of luck go their way fumble luck field goal luck injury luck you name it all of these things they were below average in i think they're going to get a lot more going their way this upcoming season i think this team is going to compete for the nfc south crown i like them over their win total and i also took them at plus money to make the playoffs because i think that there's a shot that this team will be watching them in the playoffs come january wow so obviously you like uh smith their coach and uh, I want to know, where do you think uh, they'll take Ritter this year? A lot of people were like, oh, we didn't like him. Uh, I don't think they've seen enough of Desmond Ritter to know whether they're coming or going. I think the fans have no idea what their plans are for this uh, quarterback. No, you're absolutely right. Look, the games that Ritter played, Kyle Pitts wasn't there. I mean, this team was already dealing with injuries. The one good thing that's a friend to any offense, to to any young quarterback, rather, 
is an offensive line that's as good as the Atlanta Falcons. It's a very underrated unit, but they're very good at pass protection and run blocking. So the Atlanta Falcons offensive line is going to probably do their job to make life a little bit easier on Ritter. And then you have Arthur Smith, who leans a little bit more into the run than I might be comfortable with for most teams. But the good news is he was very productive with that run game last season. It was one of the best first down run offenses in the entire NFL. I think that run offense has the ability to be just as good this upcoming season. So you've got some crutches that could help Desmond Ritter in the form of a healthier receiving core, a really strong offensive line, and what I believe to be uh, is going to be a good ground game. And that makes life easy on any young quarterback. So I'm not willing to judge Desmond Ritter on four games as a rookie. Let's see what he does here in year two, where most quarterbacks tend to take that next step. There were growing pains and things that didn't look great in the preseason, uh, but we'll see if those end up you know, occurring as problems that are going to prevent the Falcons from winning games later on this season. Uh, we welcome our radio affiliate, Sirius XM Sports Byline, and their radio affiliates out of San Francisco. Warren, your thoughts on Baker Mayfield, how he's going to do with the Bucs? I think he's going to be on his back a lot, Scott. Um, look, Baker Mayfield <laughs> has an above-average time to throw in the NFL. Baker Mayfield is playing behind a line that ranked bottom 10 in pass block win rate last season. The only thing that saved Tom Brady was a lightning quick time to throw. Brady got rid of the football in 2.3 seconds on average last season. Not only was it the fastest of any quarterback last year, of the last decade for any quarterback with at least 400 dropbacks, Tom Brady's time to throw was the fastest. Baker Mayfield's time to throw is above average. Baker Mayfield, if you look at sack rates over the last two years, Baker Mayfield was bottom 10 out of like 70 plus quarterbacks each of the last two years where Tom Brady was number one and number two the last two years. Baker also is terrible. He gets pressured and those pressures turn to sacks at the highest rate in the NFL. I just don't think it's a great pairing. Baker behind this bad offensive line. It's going to be night and day different from what they saw with Tom Brady last year getting rid of the ball so quickly. So uh, when we come back, we'll uh, hit on the Saints and what's going to go on uh, on Bourbon Street as Derek Carr goes down to play for New Orleans from Vegas. A fresh start for him. We'll see what the Saints are going to do. Then we're going to get into the NFC North, the Packers, Mr. Love. We'll talk about the Lions and the lofty expectations that they have in Detroit. From tonight, they have the pleasure of facing the Holmes and the Chiefs, the world champs in Kansas City. We got the mad scientist, Warren Sharp, for an hour. Island on C2C. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's smarter to be on SportsGrid. Don't forget, you get the app like everybody else, and then you're in the Cool Kids Club. The SportsGrid app is unequaled by its peers. It's fantastic. You can watch the network on it. You can listen to the network on it. 
and it's got everything analytics stats stories highlights you name it odds in-game odds the app has the tv side the radio side follow your favorite hosts you can follow the mad scientist warren sharp and get all of his clips from coast to coast other spots that he does on the network throughout the week on sports grid follow pharrell you're good to go you're gonna love it it's on ios and for android in the play store go get it you'll love it and go to sportsgrid.com watch to see all the platforms that we're on all right uh our lead nfl analyst warren sharp with us every thursday from the at MGM Sportsbook at the MGM National Harbor. Badass place. If you've never been there, go there. You may not leave to come home. You may end up staying there forever. Uh, the Saints, let's talk about what Derek Carr uh, is going to give them down on Bourbon Street. Yeah, well, they might be getting a little bit more explosiveness out of this offense. Over the last two years, the Saints have ranked bottom 10 in explosive play rate. And explosive play rate, Scott, we're going to talk about that a lot this season because red zone performance, explosive play rate, early down performance, uh, and a new statistic that I'll be talking about more this year, uh, down series conversion rate, are all very important factors in covering spreads and scoring points and winning games. And the Saints just weren't that explosive last season. This season, however, that could change because Derek Carr, when he was with the Raiders, over the last two years, they ranked number five and number 12, definitely well above average in explosive play rate. I expect with Rashid, Rahid, what is it? Rashid, Rashid Shahid, say that 10 times fast, along with Chris Olave, I think both of those players add that explosiveness to this offense down the field that Derek Carr is absolutely going to mesh well with and fall in love with. Um, and once Alvin Kamara comes back from his ex, uh, suspension, that's going to help produce some explosiveness on the ground a little bit. I worry about their explosiveness on the ground the first few weeks of the year, but I definitely think that once Kamara is back, this team could be more explosive than they were last year. All right, so let's go to the uh, NFC North. I, I think a lot of people are excited to see Frankly, the new Packers without Aaron Rodgers and Mr. Love, uh, what do you expect from uh, the scene at Lambeau Field this year? I'm, I'm excited along with them because I think Love is going to be fantastic in Green Bay. One of the reasons is because I think there's going to be a natural regression with this red zone offense. Last season, all areas of the field, this team was about an average offense. They even ranked number eight in early down success rate. However, once they got into the red zone, for whatever reason, they bottled up completely. They were dead last in goal-to-go efficiency, 25th in EPA per play down inside of the red zone. Really atypical from what they were doing the rest of the field. We know LaFleur understands how to call plays down inside of the red zone. This team was number three in 2020 and in 2021 in red zone conversion rate. So I think we're going to get better efficiency down inside of the red zone. One of the other elements that I like about love for all you fantasy guys out there is Aaron Rodgers dropped back to pass the ball 82 times inside the red zone last year. He ran it in, on scrambles only three times. Jordan Love's going to run it significantly more than that down inside of the red zone. And why is that a good thing? Well, when a play breaks down, a pass play breaks down, when you have a quarterback that can actually run with the football to run touchdowns in or convert first downs inside the red zone, it's a massive help. Rodgers wasn't willing to do that last year. I think Love is going to be a willing participant this year. I think the Packers are a good bet over 7.5 and, and dark horses to win the NFC North, although I prefer their win total better. Well, I mean, he's young and he's got stones to take off running like these guys like Fields. Not, I mean, Fields better running the ball certainly than throwing it. Love can take off running. I think Daniel Jones did the same thing in New York. He used to fumble and now he's tucking it and running and getting that 12-yard first down on his feet instead of making a mistake through the air, losing the football. I think you're dead right again about Love. It's going to be fun to watch him develop. Let's talk about the Lions. Everybody thinks the Lions are going on a deep run. It'd be nice from my end if they'd simply make the playoffs for once in a century. Yeah, this team, what is it, 31 years since winning a playoff game? Something like that, the longest in the NFL in terms of drought. Um, the Lions obviously are a good team, and they should be able to build on what they did last year because they were able to retain Ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, who I think – 
is going to be the hot name around the NFL next offseason along with Mike Kafka as offensive-minded coaches and play callers who could be head coaching candidates and taken as a head coach in the next cycle. Uh, he got a lot out of Jared Goff. They got a lot of efficiency down there inside of the red zone. So frequently they were ranked very closely to the Kansas City Chiefs offense in all different types of efficiency. I think there's a good chance that we are going to see a little bit more passing down inside the 10-yard line for the Detroit Lions this upcoming season. It's one of the reasons why I took a little bit on Jared Goff to go over his passing touchdowns this season. They had so many rushing attempts for Jamal Williams there, and they still have good backs that are going to be capable of running the football. But I think we're going to see more passing opportunities for Goff, who exceeded the number that's posted right now already last season. Um, and then I also took an alternate prop on Amon Ross St. Brown to go over his receiving touchdowns. Obviously, the two are closely correlated. And so if you're right that Amon Ra is going to go, if you're right on Jared Goff going over his touchdowns, odds are you're going to get Amon Ra to go over his, I took like eight plus receiving touchdowns at some nice plus money. I think Amon Ra is going to be the number one guy. There's not a lot of depth outside of the number one wide receiver, especially with Jameson Williams uh, dealing with his suspension to start the season. I think this team is very balanced. They're young. They're going to get, they're going to need a lot out of some rookies, but in go-to situations, I think Goff is going to be targeting Amon Ra down near the end zone. I think he's going to score at least eight receiving touchdowns this year. I think the Lions are a good team, but I personally have not taken any futures on this team to make the playoffs or to win the NFC North. Um, I prefer taking some long shots on the Green Bay Packers and betting the Lions on a week-to-week basis. Let's go to the West, Warren, and talk about the Niners. You brought up their lack of depth. Why don't we start there? Yeah, I'm worried about the lack of depth. Anytime we we saw the colossal mistake that they made, right, with Trey Lance and all the draft picks that they allocated there. Well, when you're giving up all those draft picks, eventually that means that you're not able to draft players where you could have. And so they don't have that same depth to replace some of these guys because they whiffed on that pick who's no longer playing for the team. And now they traded off players in the succeeding years that aren't going to be uh, traded off draft picks. So those guys aren't going to be on the team. I mean, Brock Purdy, he is the only quarterback out of, I think, like 60-some quarterbacks that threw at least uh, 10 attempts this preseason who did not have a pass attempt travel more than 15 yards. This team has gotten so much out of these yards after the catch and shorter passes that end up producing more in terms of yards after the catch, which is a fine strategy. But what that means is you have to have a healthy offensive line that's going to be able to get out in space and block down the field. You also need a healthy receiving core with all of your studs to gain those yards after the catch. And so if there's any type of issue with anybody along the offensive line or at one of the skill positions, I think that the Niners are going to eat it more than some of the other teams that have a little bit more redundancy that are supposed to do well, such as a team like the Dallas Cowboys or especially the Philadelphia Eagles. And for those reasons, I have done nothing in the futures market with the San Francisco 49ers. They're a team that's supposed to finish top three, uh, one of the elites in the NFC. But I just think that there's an opportunity, although I like the Niners and the Seahawks to finish 1-2 in this division and took that as a future. Um, I do not think that the Niners are a good futures bet because I'm worried about their potential fragility due to injuries. Wow, that's crazy. And uh, they still don't have this Bosa deal done. They claim they're going to get it done. They keep saying they're going to get it done, but it isn't done. We'll see how that plays out. When we come back with Warren Sharp, we'll get into the AFC North the Ravens, their new offense, and my Steelers. How tough will Pittsburgh be in the division is what I want to know. With Warren Sharp coming up. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The brighter the lights, the bigger the stakes. Hunt or be hunted. Know your prey. This is a whole new jungle. This is The Lion's Share. Brought to you by Bet MGM. And the uh, $1,500 first bet offer with the bonus code SG1500. The all-new BetMGM Sportsbook account users, you're going to love it. How do you get in on it? Four easy steps. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit BetMGM.com. Sign up, deposit at least 10 bucks into your account, place your first wager, and receive up to 1500 back in bonus bets if the bet loses. If the bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your initial wager is settled. We've got our lead analyst, Warren Sharp at the National Harbor, BetMGM Sportsbook at the MGM there. And it's time for Warren's delicious prop bets. Here we go. Why don't you start off with your boy, Lamar Jackson's back. Lamar's back, and I'm excited for this upcoming season. It's in large part because we'll talk about momentarily. They got a new offensive coordinator in here, and, and Monken is going to be throwing the football more, and they're going to be using a lot more 11 personnel. Last season, they drove into the red zone at the fifth highest rate, but yet they scored touchdowns when they were there at the 30th rate in the NFL. They were one of the slowest and most run-heavy teams in the entire NFL. If you can also believe this statistic, when they were inside the 10-yard line, they had just one snap from 11 personnel the entire season. And this team was old school to the core with runs and heavy personnel. Now they're going to be spreading the field, let Lamar diagnose things more pre-snap, maybe adjust some plays, and they're going to be going faster, and they're going to be passing more with more receivers on the field. All this, to me, adds up to Lamar Jackson to go over his 23-and-a-half passing touchdowns this season. It's definitely a prop bet that I got on earlier this summer, and I still like it. I think Lamar is going to be dropping back to pass early and often in Baltimore with a chance to exceed this number. Uh, You talked about Jared Goff. What's the prop on his TDs? Yeah, so the prop is 24.5 passing touchdowns, and this is another one where I like the over. I think this Lions team... While they were very run-oriented down near the goal line last year, I think that they were just enjoying to pass the ball or to hand the ball off to Jamal Williams with his 17 rushing touchdowns, including 13 inside of the two-yard line. Uh, They did bring in David Montgomery, but Goff 29 passing touchdowns last season. They are going to be distributing the ball quickly on his dropbacks, much like what Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes do in Kansas City. I just think there's going to be a higher volume. And consider this, we were talking about St. Brown. Last season, he got tackled at the one-yard line on three touches and inside of the two-yard line on several others, tackled inside the five-yard line five times, sorry, six times last year. So if he just breaks a tackle or is a little bit more open when that ball is thrown to him, he's going to get those touchdowns. So over eight receiving touchdowns was over plus 200, and Goff over 24 and a half uh, passing touchdowns is another one that I think is very correlated. What about uh, George Pickens, a badass in Pittsburgh receiver? Uh, what do you think he's going to do? Well, I'm sure you're pretty excited about some of these preseason highlights. The fact is they've kind of kept him under wraps in the games. They really haven't played him a ton. But this chemistry that he's got lately with Kenny Pickett, they've really worked on his route running and trying to get him open. And George Pickens is having a lot of success this preseason with that chemistry. Um, we saw it on the touchdown pass against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers earlier this offseason. The other thing that I think is going to be a big factor with this is when Ben Roethlisberger was the quarterback 
with Matt Canada, who's still their OC in 2021. The Pittsburgh Steelers, when they were inside the 15-yard line, had a 64% pass rate. That was the highest in the NFL. But last year with a rookie quarterback, uh, Kenny Pickett, they were down at like 23 or 24 in terms of their pass rate. I think that pass rate is going to increase. I think we're going to have more passing attempts, more opportunities for these Steelers receivers to be catching the ball inside. And I think that one of the go-to receivers on like third down where you got to have it, I think we're going to get this chemistry developed between Pickens and Pickett and that trust is going to be built up and he just seems to catch everything. I think he's going to clear four and a half receiving touchdowns this year. I like hearing that. What about Bryce Young? You think he's going to struggle? Well, I think the good thing is that they're going to let Bryce Young work through his struggles. And anytime that a quarterback who's a rookie is allowed to work through his struggles with a limited offensive line and a limited uh, receiving core, that means he's going to be throwing a lot of interceptions probably, but their coaching staff is not going to bench him. If you look at this coaching staff, they had a lot of opportunities. They were uh, Frank Reich was in Philly when Carson Wentz threw 14 interceptions as a rookie. Uh, Philip Rivers, he was the OC for Philip when Rivers threw 18 interceptions in 2014. Uh, and this team is going to be trailing in games. They got a low win total. They're going to have to pass the ball a lot. And actually, they uh, Bryce Young led the NFL in target depth this preseason. So they were throwing the ball deep. I just think there's going to be enough tips, overthrows, inaccurate passes, or issues with his receivers to allow him to potentially battle for having the most interceptions. And at 20 to 1, this was 30 to 1 a little while ago. It's still down to 20 to 1. I think there's just too much value for Bryce Young. What about uh, the stud out of TCU, Quentin Johnston, who's playing with the Chargers now? I just think that there's a lot of mouths to feed uh, with the Chargers. Yes, I do think they're going to be throwing the ball deeper. Uh, they might increase slightly their run rate because uh, we know that the Dallas Cowboys used a lot more rushing attempts than did the L.A. Chargers last year. But I just think that there's too many mouths to feed. And as long as all these guys are healthy, I don't think Quentin Johnson is going to exceed 600 receiving yards. I think this is an offense that is going to be spreading the ball out to whoever is open. He's going to be competing to try to get on the field. Most of what he's getting is the down-the-field type targets, but his ability to catch those deeper balls struggled at times in college. And I think the coverage is going to be a lot tighter in the NFL, and I just think that he's going to be in for a few growing pains and struggling to deal with playing time. He could have a fine rookie season, but still not eclipse 600 receiving yards. So, uh, since you talk about the Ravens and Steelers, let me just throw this out there. Who do you like to win that division? How tough can Pittsburgh be against the likes of, uh, you know, Burroughs and, uh, you know, what they got going with Jackson now in Baltimore and then obviously Deshaun in Cleveland? Yeah, I, I think the way to, like, figure out what to do with the Pittsburgh Steelers might be just to bet the super long shot on Mike Tomlin to win coach of the year because – I think it's going to be hard for Pittsburgh to make the playoffs in a crowded field. But if they make the playoffs with yet another quarterback coming through the ranks here and a younger team in general, I think that some of this focus has got to go to Mike Tomlin, who has never won the coach of the year uh, in the NFL. And I think him exceeding his win expectations is going to propel him. And that's like, I think, 18 or 20 to, 20 to 1 odds on Mike Tomlin to win coach of the year. I think the Steelers are going to be uh, a much better team than they were last season, but I still have those questions about Matt Canada. They've gotten a lot more explosive so far this preseason, but will that carry over when defenses are really trying to get pressure on Kenny Pickett? And what happens if that pressure starts to get to Pickett? Because we know one of the weak links for the Steelers is their offensive line. This AFC North is one of the best divisions top to bottom. I had more optimism about the Cleveland Browns and Deshaun Watson probably three months ago. Now, having seen him in the preseason, I have a few more questions than I had before. I thought he would be looking a little bit better than he is right now. But that team still is very loaded from a talent perspective. And then I obviously love the Baltimore Ravens, have questions about their defense. And Cincinnati Bengals, as long as Joe Burrow is healthy, this is going to be another team that can compete for everything in the AFC. So it's just such a stacked uh, division, top to bottom. And with the AFC so stacked, and there's going to be a good team potentially that's left on the sidelines or two of them that do not make the playoffs out of this division.
But do you think uh, Cincinnati or Baltimore is better overall to winning? I think Cincy is if Joe Burrow is healthy because I think they're the more well-rounded team looking at everything. But I think Baltimore's ceiling is quite intriguing, especially offensively. But they're just going to have to have Lamar Jackson be Superman once again because this defense, I have concerns about the Ravens' defense. They'll look fine week one against the Houston Texans. After that, that's where I wonder uh, how that secondary is going to hold up, especially given the Marlon Humphrey injury earlier this offseason. You know, the Steelers, everybody says uh, yesterday we were talking about it or the other day with Adam Kaplan that corners their problem, and then they went out and got King. Uh, They already have Minka at the back end. I think they have the best, if not one of the best pass rushes in the NFL. Pittsburgh's defense is for real, isn't it? Pittsburgh defense is very fundamentally sound. They're balanced at all three levels. Uh, I think that this defense is is year in, year out. It's one of those defenses that you do not want to have to go up against. But now that they've got an offense that at least can help hold on the ball, hopefully not set them up in short field positions, uh, move the ball and score, the key is, Scott, a lot of, and Ron Rivera is this exact way in D.C., a defensive-minded coach who thinks that he's going to help his defense by resting that defense. The reality is the way that you help your defense is by scoring points offensively. And when you're a defense that then can play with a lead in the second half, the offense that you're going up against is far more predictable. I think the Steelers' defense is going to benefit from that this season. The offense is going to score more. That's going to allow the defense to go up against offenses that are in predictable pass situations. They pin their ears back. They're going to get after the quarterback. Sacks, fumbles, interceptions. I think some of those things are going to be coming Pittsburgh's way in 2023. When we come back with Warren, we're going to talk about the AFC East, the Bills. Uh, We're going to talk about the Dolphins. McDaniel can do a stay on the field. Uh, We're going to talk about what Aaron Rodgers means to the Jets. One other note. Uh, with Warren's popularity soaring last year on SportsGrid, and he's so huge down there at the National Harbor. I mean, the fans come in droves to see him. They pack into the BetMGM Sportsbook to see him. They have now given Warren the presidential suite at the MGM to live in this year during the football season. So he is Gucci Row now with MGM. you got to love it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh, if you haven't gone to sharpfootballanalysis.com, there's clearly something wrong with you. I mean, you're going to want to, like, check into that. Like, you know, start diving into what matters in life. I mean, forget about lunch and dinner. Go on this site. Be better. Prepared for your action in the NFL with Warren Sharp. You get him every Thursday right here on Coast to Coast on SportsGrid. It's smarter to be on SportsGrid. Everyone knows that as well. All right, Warren. Uh, And by the way, at Sharp Football, that works on social media on X. You can follow him there, too. He's very popular. Chicks digging. AFC East. We start with the Kings, obviously still the Bills. I think I've had my fill 
of hearing that the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl every year for the last three or four years. I'm not going there, but what do they have to do to get over the hump and not blow it? Well, there's a lot, there's too many things I think to, to name, but the one thing that's going to help this team the most, in my opinion, is this shocking area where the Buffalo Bills have struggled, and that's down near the goal line. Uh, this team, along with the Kansas City Chiefs, has been a top two offense virtually every single statistical metric that matters over the last several years. But the one area that they're massively different than the Kansas City Chiefs is their goal line offense, where shockingly, the Buffalo Bills rank the NFL's worst goal line offense. From one to three yards out, this team has the worst rate of scoring on plays. Their EPA per play has been the worst. And one of the key issues has been Josh Allen. And I know a lot of Bills fans out there, including my producer Sam out here today, has seen too many dropbacks from Josh Allen, where he's just buying time and buying time and not getting rid of that ball quickly enough. That two, that time to throw, which is taking too long, is one thing that really separates him from a guy like Patrick Mahomes, who's just getting rid of the ball really quickly. They need to do a better job of designing their goal line offense if this team wants to have an opportunity to take it all the way. Now, they obviously need some luck to go their way and some injury help. Their defense got derailed, especially their secondary last season was one of the reasons they lost that game to the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs is they just could not stop those short, quick passes from opposing quarterbacks. They were not good at their cornerback position and they had some safety injury issues as well. This season, everything just gets more challenging, though, because the competition is so much stronger. We just talked about the AFC North is looking good, and then we're about to talk about how the New York Jets are coming to town uh, with Aaron Rodgers and are looking good in the AFC East as well. So the Buffalo Bills, they're just going to have to get more out of their offense in general, and they're going to have to score more when they're down at the goal line. What is the difference now with the Pats? No more Patricia. But And I don't know if I buy into any preseason looks and all that, but they didn't look good at all. And I want to know what the differences are for that team up in Foxborough because they've never recovered from Brady leaving there. No, they haven't. Uh, and, and certainly it was one of the most boneheaded moves of any head coach to appoint Matt Patricia to be the offensive coordinator that I've seen in a number of years. Uh, but now he's finally gone. And while you could say what you want about is Bill O'Brien a great offensive coordinator, the fact is he is an offensive coordinator, which is not what Matt Patricia was last season. I think this offense has the chance to look a lot better simply by not doing stupid things this season, such as being really good when utilizing play action, but never choosing to utilize play action. They were a top five offense when they used play action, but they used it at a bottom five rate last season. We also saw far too many pass attempts from their quarterbacks throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage, which was not productive enough. Those passes were minus EV. They never analyzed it and said, we need to push the ball a little bit further down the field. I do have question marks about their receiving core overall, but they do have some new pieces and new faces at that receiving core this upcoming season that should be able to help. And I think that they're going to utilize them a little bit better. Um, this defense, always like one of the rocks of the New England Patriots, but they always seem to struggle when they go up against really good offenses. Most defenses will, but the Patriots seem to break down very quickly against actual good offenses. So that's going to be something that they're going to have to deal with this season as well. But I think this team has a much higher floor than they did last season, given the fact that I think they have a good play caller, and they last year didn't even have a guy who was calling plays. He's an ex-defensive coordinator. Uh, should not have been on the offensive side of the ball. Should not have had a headset. I don't know what Belichick was thinking there. <laughs> so let's talk about the Dolphins. They got a big test uh, right out of the gates against the Chargers. How do you think this uh, Miami offense is going to look for McDaniel? I'm excited. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic. Obviously, we're all keeping our fingers crossed that Tua stays healthy. Everything he did this offseason helps keep him in the lineup. Uh, but the one thing that I'm looking for in this week one game against the L.A. Chargers is last season, L.A. watched San Francisco play the Dolphins. And the very next week, Miami went from San Francisco into L.A. They stayed on the West Coast. And L.A. copycatted a lot of the 
defensive game plan that the Niners were using, and Brandon Staley used it to really slow down a lot of elements to this Miami Dolphins offense. And one of the things that they were slowing down is they were sitting on all the in-breaking routes, and they were allowing those receivers clear releases to go outside. But that's where Tua struggled. I got some numbers here. Tua was number one in the NFL when he passed the ball between the numbers, but number 22 when he passed the ball outside of the numbers. Similarly, this team was number three in efficiency when they ran the ball between the tackles, but number 28 when they ran the ball to the edges. This team loves attacking the middle of the field. If defensive coaches are able to make those adjustments from what they saw last year and take away the middle of the field, I'm wondering if Mike McDaniel has that next move that next counter move to that it'll be interesting to see because we'll get to see it week one because they're playing the chargers yet again brandon staley versus mike mcdaniel that's the biggest thing i'm looking at this game is will they have success the dolphins that is down the middle of the field or will this defense take that away and then is Tua able to have success to the perimeter because he did not last season yeah and you said they can't do anything on the edges they can't do anything outside and if they can't do it in the middle can't do it outside they got nothing but problems the real story, though, in the NFL, and it has been in the offseason, has been Aaron Rodgers. They gave him a television show. I mean, that's why they did hard knocks. They certainly didn't do it for the Jets' playoff success because they don't have any. So here comes Rodgers. Now they're the talk of the NFL. How do you think it's all going to play out? You're suggesting they have an easy schedule. Is there such a thing in the NFL? Well, there is such a thing when we talk about rest. So the NFL doesn't control who you play, but they do control when you play these teams. The Jets have a difficult schedule of opponents, but the NFL made them massively favored thanks to giving them an easy schedule of when they play these teams. Think about it like this. We just talked about how competitive this division is from top to bottom, right? Scott, the AFC East is one of those brutal divisions along with the AFC North where there's a lot of good teams here. Well, the last four games of the year, the Jets have significant rest situational advantages over all of their opponents. They have a day extra rest against the Buffalo Bills week 11 because the Bills play Monday night football and are a short week. The week 15, they have a day extra rest against the Dolphins because the Dolphins play Monday night football or are on a short week. They take on the Patriots when the Jets themselves are off of a mini buy because they played Thursday the week before this. So they got three days extra rest heading into their week 18 game against the New England Patriots. And then on Black Friday, the Jets get to play the Miami Dolphins. First ever Black Friday game that the NFL has televised. But that Black Friday game is in New York, which means that the Dolphins on a short week have to travel up to New York. That's a situational disadvantage for the Miami Dolphins. So uh, the NFL, in my opinion, is trying to set the table here to welcome the New York Jets into the postseason and allow them what? to be televised in New York for some home games. It just seems like the schedule is set up really well for the New York Jets to have some success here. It's going to come down to that offensive line. Can they protect Aaron Rodgers enough? He was getting rid of the ball super quickly last season. He was throwing the ball short just to get it out of his hands. But he's got Garrett Wilson. He's got other receivers there. If that offensive line does its job, defense is excellent. The run game should be phenomenal. Um, and so I do think that this Jets team is in an interesting position. But it's a team I have not bet a lot of any futures on because I just don't see enough value there. Everybody else has been betting on the Jets with the Aaron Rodgers all offseason. I'm not going to continue to ride those coattails. Uh, I'll wait and see what happens. After their first six games, I think is when this schedule gets a little bit easier. Schedule is very difficult those first six weeks, and they go up against a number of defenses that have really good pass rushes. So pay attention those first six weeks. What happens to Aaron Rodgers in the pocket? I think the time to get on the Jets is at their bye week after they have those difficult games to start the season because that's when they're going to have tons of late rest edges to close out the year. No wonder Brian Dable smokes cigars because he didn't know that the uh, Park Avenue boys want the Jets in the postseason as opposed to the Big Blue. Uh, let's talk about the Chiefs. They're the champs. A week from tonight, they have the Lions at Arrowhead. Well, 
look, the one thing that people were down, if you can believe it, the Buffalo Bills were favored to win the Super Bowl last time that we were talking uh, last summer, a week before the start of the season. The reason that the Chiefs weren't the favorites is because they had lost Tyreek Hill and people thought this too high shell defense was going to slow this team down because they struggled against it in 2021. Well, guess what happens? Even without Tyreek Hill, not only are the Chiefs more explosive last season, uh, but their offense was more efficient as well and they completely solved the two high shell with Patrick Mahomes ranking number one in EPA per attempt, yards per attempt in success rate against two high shell defenses. So what I'm wondering is what's that counter move that opposing defenses are going to try now in 2023 to slow this team down now that the two high was solved in one offseason. Uh, the other thing to pay attention to for the Kansas City Chiefs is another distinct schedule disadvantage for them. They are going to play with less rest than their opponent for six straight weeks from week 12 to week 17. I won't list off every single game, but just know that I got an article up on the website that they are at a rest disadvantage for six straight games. And overall, to close out the season, they are at a minus negative 20 days of rest edge from week 12 to the close of the season. The most difficult position that any team has been put this season or in recent memory. What a shame uh, that the uh, Chiefs are going to have to work for it. Uh, go figure. Uh, the Raiders with Jimmy G. How do you think it's going to go? I have questions about that because Jimmy G played in Kyle Shanahan's offense, which is a lot of short passes, a lot of yards after the catch, and a lot of heavy personnel to disguise the pass plays to make them look like runs, a lot of play action. In L uh, Las Vegas with... Uh, uh, their head coach out there. They like to use a lot of 11 personnel and they like to throw the ball down the field. Very different than what Jimmy G's had success with in San Francisco. So I do wonder if they're going to have some success or he's going to struggle a little bit due to the fact that this offensive style is so different than what he had success with in San Francisco. Wow. And uh, you think Herbert takes it to the next level this year? I do. I think he should. I think this offense is much more explosive. Uh, we talked about Kellen Moore and the fact that he got a lot of explosion out of the Dallas Cowboys. They ranked number 12 when Dak was playing in terms of rate of plays that gained 15 plus yards. Justin Herbert was 22nd last season in that same metric, and he had the shortest target depth on early downs, not just of any quarterback last year, 47 out of 47, but of any quarterback in the last decade. We aren't going to see that this year. It's going to be deeper passes. They've got a good wide receiving core. I think Herbert should be able to take that next step this season, uh, but I do have concerns about their defense. When we come back, we'll wrap it up with Warren and find out if the Titans have enough to give everyone's favorite darling, the Jaguars, a run for their money in the South. We're talking football with Warren Sharp on Coast to Coast. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and... Producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The legends are true. We're overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Um... All right, uh, we'll hit the South now, Warren, with the Titans 
new OC? Are they going to be more explosive? Can they dance with the Jags and Trevor Lawrence? I think they can. I think there's still value in taking the Titans to win the AFC South. Rather, I think this is a team number 29 in explosive play rate each of the last two years. Got rid of that offensive coordinator, Todd Downing. They have a new coordinator there who will not pass the ball, cannot pass the ball any less than what they were doing previously. I think they're going to have more opportunities to throw the ball on first down. They're also going to get more out of Tajay Spears, the rookie running back of Tulane. He's going to bring a lot of explosiveness to this offense when they do run into more loaded boxes because of the burst that he's going to bring to the table. Uh, but in general, I look at the Tennessee Titans. This team, when they did not have an explosive play on a drive, they scored touchdowns at a 6.7% clip last year when they had just one play of 15-plus yards on a drive. 6.7% increased by tenfold up to 64%. Uh, this team, much more explosive, much more opportunity to score points, in my opinion. I absolutely think that this team is going to have more success this year, and that's why I think they're a good bet to take the crown from the AFC South Jaguars. Wow. So everyone thinks it's the Jaguars that are the team to beat and that they're going to dominate and run away with it. You're not buying that. I like the Jaguars, and they're justifiably the number one team in this division, but I don't know if there's enough value there for me to bet that. I prefer taking the long shot bets on the Tennessee Titans in the AFC South. How do you think Ridley's going to do with Lawrence? I'd say he goes off. Ridley is a really good player. I think it's going to be exciting to watch him. Hopefully he's holding a grudge and plays like it because I think that's going to be a fun combination to watch. Well, I'll tell you what, Warren, what's going to be fun is having you on every Thursday from the National Harbor at the MGM at the BetMGM Sportsbook. Fantastic start today to the season. I look forward to next Thursday when we kick it off with the Chiefs and Lions. Great job today, buddy. Good to see you. Let's talk football all season long on the grid. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.